Hi, this is Shaylin Hudson. I make candles for street for scene creations, and the price is anywhere from three to eight dollars. If you'd like to contact me about purchasing any, you could call me at 907-401-1095. You have a Facebook page? No? Hello and welcome to Horror After Hours. I'm your host, the naughty guy, Adam J. Joining me tonight is Bruce of Swatting Flies and Telling Lies. Whoop, whoop. We're coming to you from the Naughty Guy studio. And on Horror After Hours... Well, you know what I like to call this place? Hudson's Bluff overlooking the point. There we go. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, so on Horror After Hours and Swatting Flies and Telling Lies, we can talk about anything. And this is a reminder to all of our listeners of an open reminder, open invitation to be on either podcast. And if you're interested, hit us up via text or on Twitter, and you can reach me at BigBaloo77 on Twitter. Please hit Adam up. Uh, it's a very fun podcast, especially if you have, what's even more fun is if you come at Adam with a movie he hasn't seen, and then... It's just like, not that this isn't exciting, but it's like, oh, hey, someone a little bit different here, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, that's like, that's like fucking game day. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. Because I'm going to look up every detail I can about every movie that anybody comes at me with. Yeah. And it's just, it turns into this fun stuff, and we have a, a nice discussion with, yeah. like Bruce and I do. So yeah. It's always fun. It's always a good time. And uh, Adam let me pick out this movie. I te we were texting this week. After he got home and was just like, hey, man, podcast, I'm thinking. Yeah, and we're going to get to that in yep. just a moment. Yeah. So let me give this little art show one little plug. Party on. <laughs> Party on Wayne. Party on Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be a one-day art show near downtown Ketchikan at the American Legion on December 12th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. There will be a lot of really cool things to see, so please come out and support our local hard-working artists. You may find that perfect gift for someone special. You never know. Masks will be required. So anyway, let's get it on to tonight's film. This is Near Dark from 1987. This was directed by a lady named Catherine Bigelow. Do you recognize the name? Sorry, I, I told Adam, like, I'm fucking shot out of a cannon. I, I have a lot to say, and you're like, it's okay. I was like, I'm going to try not to, but I'm probably going to interrupt you. And he didn't even get halfway into his introduction, and I'm interrupting him. Catherine Bigelow directed Point Break. Really? Yeah. Okay, wow, this is cool. I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> man. <laughs> and I told him, I know you're going to be stepping on my dick a lot tonight. So. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just have some fun with this. Yeah. So this movie came out with a budget of $5 million dollars. But only brought in a meager $3.4 million at the box office. You got anything? Um, so the whole, I, the whole idea for today's podcast with Adam on this particular movie, um, I don't know if you know, but 
I never watched this movie, and for a reason, um, it was labeled, and it's going to sound fucked up, but I don't care. <laughs> it was <laughs> it. labeled as better than The Lost Boys, and then people are like, this movie's so much better than The Lost Boys, and I was like, I'm fucking 10, and I will throw fucking hands. I watched The Lost Boys in the theater, and fuck no is there a better movie than The Lost Boys. And I'd always get, like, my cousin Dave's like, this movie's so much better, so much cooler. It's not all fucking kitty. And I was like... It's not all a bunch of 10-year-olds fucking chasing vampires. <laughs> I was like, it's not 10-year-olds. They're 13-year-olds. Or 14-year-olds. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> like, I will get my ass kicked for this, David. You need to watch out. And uh, it was... Um, so I, I just was like, no. 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 Fuck No. No, do not put that movie in. You're not... Sorry, David, you could watch it after I go to bed, motherfucker. <laughs> You're staying the night here. I'm not staying the night at your house. <laughs> and then it was... I just kept hearing, no, no, it's so much better, so much better, so much better. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. <laughs> and then... I'm really sorry I'm going on, but... <laughs> do it. I, I got a lot. <laughs> Getting off on a rant here. So I listened to a podcast called uh, The History of Horror that Eli Roth produced from his TV show. Uh, he had the director, Joel Schumacher, on. And they talked about his upbringing and how he came to the Lost Boys and after Lost Boys. And they went back to the Lost Boys. And he said, you know, people really need to give this movie that um, a very talented director, Kathleen Bigelow, did called Near Dark. It came out, I think he said it came out after The Lost Boys. and It was actually just after. And then he was like, it kind of got buried. He's like, it's a fun movie, it's enjoyable. And I said, hmm, I guess, I guess if Joel Schumacher, is that his name? Yep. Since he said it was okay, okay. <laughs> then I texted, I, I, after I got done listening to the podcast, I was like, Hey, man, what about a near-dark movie podcast? You're like, sure thing, man. <laughs> so that's how I came to it, man. <laughs> now, I actually, I think this may have been shown to me my my uh, grandmother, my grandma Violet, my grandma Stretch. Oh, okay. She said, you like this one. Yeah. And really, I think I took it down to either your place or Terrence's place, and we watched it there. Terrence's because I didn't watch it. I mean, okay, I take that back. I might have watched parts because I remembered. Well, I don't want to spoil the movie before you get through your plot. So, well, what I'm going to do is just kind of a. We're just going to go along and discuss it as you go through the plot. Yeah, and okay. it's it's going to be a kind of a quick little rundown. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, do your rundown then. Okay. So the plot is one night, Caleb Colton, played by Adrian Pastor. A young man in a small town meets an attractive young drifter named May, who's played by Jenny Wright. Just before sunrise, she bites him on the neck and runs off. I got some thoughts on that. Could I jump in it. again? No, go no for I'm it. sorry. Okay. This is what I <laughs> I get it, and you know, I gotta I always say you gotta suspend disbelief. But my issue with this is he was kind of being a rapey dick. He was like... So was she. <laughs> well, no, he was... She was like, I need to get home. I need to get home before sunlight. He's like, oh, because you're dead? And then he pulled over and he's like, I'm not giving you a ride home until you give me a kiss. And I was like, ah, oh, dude. 
The date rape is so strong. Anyways, carry on, man. <laughs> you hit the nail on the head there, brother. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the rising sun causes Caleb's Sorry. flesh to smoke and burn. May arrives with a group of roaming vampires in an RV and take him away. The most psychotic of the vampires, Severin, played by Bill Paxton, which is the late great actor. Yeah. Oh, his name was Severin? Yep. Okay. Severin. Okay. So this motherfucker gets bit and then uh, he's like, I'm not feeling well. I'm not feeling well. And he's staggering like in the desert, right? Are you, are you getting to that? No, I'm talking that was Bill Paxton was Severin. Oh, no. I'm talking about the Caleb. Yeah. Is it all right if I talk about that scene? No, um, go for it. This motherfucker is staggering. He's like, I don't feel good. I don't feel good. And he's going to like a ranch or fucking his dad's house where he lives yeah. with his sister. And his sister's that was, like... That was his dad's ranch. He's like, he's sick. He's sick. And then it was like, what are you talking about? And then he's like... Or the sister's like, something's wrong. Something's wrong with him. He's, he looks really, really sick. Stumbles. And then this fucking RV... With tinfoil or cardboard or whatever, right? Yep. Just rolls up and snatches the motherfucker in front of their family. Rolling through the field. They just yeah. fucking roll yeah. in there, grab his ass, and fucking take <laughs> off. Yeah. Uh, Severin was played by Bill Paxton. Wants to kill Caleb, but May reveals that she actually had turned him. Yep. Their charismatic leader, Jesse Hooker, played by Lance Hendrickson, the... I love Lance Henriksen. He's been in so many movies. Quick background. Could I, could I yeah, ramble? No. That's Lan- what I'm doing this for. <laughs> Lance Henriksen was in The Terminator, right? Yes. Hey! <laughs> Gets yep. killed. Originally, he showed up because when they were getting the funding and... Um, and uh, I forget what the fuck they were doing, but he went in full Terminator makeup that Arnold ended up where the skin was broken. Mm-hmm. He showed up and then... Uh, I think that's how they got the funding... And then it would then um, Arnold came in and audition, and they're like, "Cool, you're Kyle Reese." And he was, they were like, "Well, he wants to play the Terminator." And they were like, "Really?" So they were like, James Cameron had to go back and tell his friend, he's like, "Really sorry, but Arnold wants to play the Terminator." <laughs> no shit. Yeah. Wow, this is something I didn't know. Man. Yeah, crazy, right? I know a lot about movies, but you got some of these fucking odd details that. So, Even us telling me. <laughs> so, where I get all... Um, I didn't have cable for a while. So, mm-hmm. like, when I'd borrow your DVDs or my mom bought me DVDs, I'd watch and rewatch and rewatch these movies. And then, when I would rewatch them for the 10th or 12th time, I would put on uh, commentary. When directors used to get on there and do the commentary. Oh, fuck yeah. I love that shit, man. And then I'd watch the behind-the-scenes stuff. So, it's just, like, all this stuff over the... It just... <laughs> Well, that's fucking badass. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so their charismatic leader, played by Lance Henriksen, who is Jesse Hooker, reluctantly agrees to allow Caleb to remain with them for a week to see if he can learn to hunt and gain the group's trust. Caleb is willing to kill to feed, which alienates him from the others. Or he's unwilling to do that, sorry. To protect him, May May kills for him and then has him drink from her wrist. Jesse's group enters a bar and kills the occupants, which this was actually one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Now, 
Paxton had this had these spurs on his boots, mm-hmm. and there was a guy who was talking smack as they're, you know, killing. Yeah, as they're the bartender. Was it the bartender? It was the bartender. He was um, loading up a gun, a shotgun. Okay. Um, one thing I didn't like was um, now I don't know what came first, Anne Rice's novel or Near Dark. Now I'll talk Anne Rice's um, the interview with the vampire. I don't know when that came out by chance. Do you? Not off the top of my head, no. So, um, the similarity that I'm drawing, and then I get it, it's a vampire lore, so things are going to cross and things are going to uncross and you're going to have new, you're going to have new shit and you're going to have shit that's a lot similar. Um, People add and change their own. Yeah. And um, sometimes it takes me a while because I'm like, man, I want it. Well, why wasn't it different? Okay, why'd you make it different? Fuck you. I know I'm going to be getting to that because I'm fighting with that throughout this movie. Like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I'm sorry. But. <laughs> no, I, I told you, I want you. I want you to go off like that. So when he drinks from her blood and he gets all fucking stingy and he has a stupid smile, what that reminded me of was when. Brad Pitt's character, not Lestat, but um, I don't remember his name. Louis. Louis was killing and eating rats during the mm-hmm. plague. <laughs> That's yep. what that reminded me of. Yep. That's why I say I don't know which one came first. And honestly, I don't remember when uh, the Vampire Lestat or Interview with the Vampire came out. Yeah. I didn't know about Anne Rice's novels until the movie came out of yeah. Interview with the Vampire. Your senior year. Yeah, and, it came out November 11th, your senior year. And the movie was amazing when I saw it. Yeah, I still like it. I tried to only watch it, I mean, because it's a long movie, so I watch it probably once once a year. Anyway, sorry. Oh, no yeah. Worries. So, like I said, you know, Jesse's group enters the bar. They kill all the occupants. They set the bar on fire and flee the scene. After Caleb endangers himself to help all of them escape their motel room during uh, a daylight police raid, Jesse and the others are temporarily mollified with uh, Caleb asking Jesse how old he was and told the uh, and told he fight for the South, making him about 150 years old. Yeah, he's like, I fought for the South, and we lost. <laughs> and yeah, then everybody so, started laughing. So, yeah, he was a, obviously their elder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and another thing that, that draws direct comparison to Anne Rice's interview with the vampire is the kid vampire. Oh, man. This Remember? kid was a slub. So it's just those two things are kind of big things. That's why I was like, I don't know what came first. And what was second, I don't know if uh, this movie was written in 86 and shot and then came out in 87. Was Anne Rice's novel out by then? So I'll look it up right now. Okay. So Severin later suggests that he and Jesse started the Great Chicago Fire of 1871. Is that what he was? Yep. So they may have been older than that. So Caleb's father, played by Tim Thomerson... Searches for Jesse's group. A child vampire in their group, Homer, played by Joshua Ooh. John Miller. 1976 was the book. Oh, wow, this is an old book. <laughs> Sorry. 
Uh, Homer was played by Joshua John Miller. He meets Caleb's sister Sarah, played by Marcy Leeds, and he wants to turn her into his companion. Yep. Caleb objects, and while the group argues, Caleb's father arrives and holds them to holds them at gunpoint, demanding that Sarah be released. Jesse taunts him into shooting, but regurgitates the bullet before wrestling the gun <laughs> away, which yeah. was a fucking awesome scene. I don't care who you are. <laughs> that was pretty cool, man. In the confusion, Sarah opens the door, letting the sunlight in and forcing the vampires back, burning Caleb. Uh, he escapes with his family. Caleb suggests that they try giving him a blood transfusion to attempt to cure him. The transfusion successfully reverses Caleb's transformation. That night, the vampires search for Caleb and Sarah. May distracts Caleb, which I'm not saying Caleb enough, mm-hmm. by trying to persuade him to return to her while the others kidnap his sister. Caleb discovers the kidnapping, and his tires are slashed, but gives chase on horseback. When the horse shies and throws him, he is confronted by Severin. Caleb commandeers a tractor-trailer and runs Severin over. The injured vampire suddenly appears on the hood of the truck and manages to rip apart the wiring of the engine. Caleb jackknives the vehicle and jumps out as the truck explodes, killing Severin. That did kill him. And that was pretty spectacular, actually. Seeking revenge, Jesse and his girlfriend, Diamondback, played by Jeanette Goldstein, pursue him but are forced to escape in their car as dawn breaks. Not wanting Sarah to become another childlike monster, Meg breaks out of the the back of the car with Sarah. May's flesh begins to smoke and she's burned by the sun, but she carries Sarah into Caleb's arms, taking refuge under his jacket. Homer attempts to follow, but as he runs, he dies from exposure to the sun. And he freaking explodes. Mm -hmm. That was just awesome. Their sunproofing rune... Jesse and Diamondback also begin to burn. They attempt to run Caleb and Sarah over, but fail. Dying as their car blows up. Uh, May awakens later. Her burns now heal. She, too, has been given a transfusion and is cured. She and Caleb confront each other in a reassuring hug as the film ends. Can I go into what I don't like? I want to hear it. You see a bite, right? Okay. Um, you don't see fangs. I didn't see fangs. I didn't see fangs at all. There's no... Movie. They kill everybody with guns or weapons. And a lot of it was blades. Yeah. And, okay, like I said, I, um, I try to be open-minded with this stuff. I like when different things could come into the vampire lore that I haven't thought of before. It took me a minute to get over to the blade side. Like, yeah, that too. It's like silver. Fuck you. That's for the fucking werewolf, you cocksucker. Um, but so there was no vampire killings. There was no vampire killings. There was just weapons. And I get when you want to go into the cup, you slice with the blade. Now, if it was just that alone, I would have been like, okay, I, I get that. They just want the cup filled up to give to Caleb to drink, right? But that didn't happen. And then. Um, it's just, uh, it's all that stuff. Like I said, you don't see any fangs. You don't, so you, 
you get the vampire bite, but you don't see it, which, okay, you don't normally see the vampire bite because in the Draculas we grew up with, it was always... You put the cape over them, yeah. And even uh, Jerry Dandridge fucking yep. did this with his coat. With his um, trench coat, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, okay. But it just, it irritated me to no end that you didn't see any any type of vampirism except for the burning and stuff, you know. It was all done by sunlight. Yeah, yeah every everything. There was no... Death by stake. There, there was yeah. There was no fucking death by holy water. There was no. And, and okay, every, every one of those kills was by sunlight, and mm-hmm. um, it was just weird that I didn't like how they would fucking just wrap himself in a blanket, and that was the safety zone. It's like, wait a minute, that me and Adam didn't write this movie when we were fucking nine years old, <laughs> did we? You know what would save them? A fucking blanket. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so um and uh I, I thought um I thought there were some missed moments because of that. Yeah. I, for I sure. thought like uh the scene on the Lost Boys, um when they go and beat up when they kill the surf Nazis, mm-hmm. one of them chomps into their fucking head with the fangs and, you and see he the, ripped the skull yeah, back. He ripped the Mohawk back, remember? No, he ripped the yeah. entire skull back. You but can see like, the bone. But yeah, no, I'm just saying like he you, you see you see that and it's like Damn, it's like this kind of went from a fun movie to like I got a little bit scared when I saw it. But like, I feel like that's what Near Dark missed was like one of those moments, you know. And they had a lot of opportunity for it, and yeah, they kind of missed the mark on oh. on all of that. And uh, hold on, go ahead. I'm going to bring up the movie poster because I have thoughts on that too. <laughs> this movie was really a lot of fun, but you know, it's definitely not my one of my top five. I'll give it that. Yeah. Um so and and in the poster. Um The Lost Boys poster had Sleep All Day, Party All Night, Never Grow Old, Never Die. It's fun to be a vampire. Mm-hmm. Pretty catchy, right? Oh yeah. Near dark. At dawn they hide, at dusk they wake, at night they search for blood, pray for daylight. Yet you don't see a single vampire killing, like like you said. There's a lot of blades. There's guns. Um, the spurs. The spurs. Okay, I, I get down with the spur one because why not? You got them. Now there was actually one vampire killing in the bar when uh, Paxton, and maybe it was after he sliced the guy's neck with the spur, or maybe it was that he attacked him as a vampire and just bit his neck. It was after he was, because uh, um, the guy, there was one guy left in the bar. He's the last guy, and he had, like, a fucking beard. And uh, when uh, when Paxton attacked him after he was done, didn't he say he hated it when guys don't shower or something like that? Uh, something like that. He either said, I don't like it when they don't shower. Or, or when they don't shave. Or oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't like it when they don't shave. It tastes funny. <laughs> <laughs> but he... As he was, you know, vamping up the blood, he he stood up. He said, "Finger licking, fucking good." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And like I said, it was just um. Another thing I look for too is uh, what I like and what what got me with the Lost Boys was they were the first ones to put the fangs on these teeth right here. Yeah, not in the canine teeth. Yeah, yeah. So I'm always interested to see how the fangs are. So in Fright Night, Jerry Dandridge got the old school Dracula fangs. And he also had the ones here. Yeah, yeah, on the bottom, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then when he vamps out, his whole mouth gets all fucked up. But um, the Lost Boys, uh, they even added a twist on the fangs on Interview with the Vampire. You didn't really see them. The whole front row of the teeth mm-hmm. turned into fangs. It kind of looked like a fucking jigsaw type. Not even or something. Just jagged. Just jagged. And I was like, okay, that that's different, you know, but... That that's where I feel like they 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 missed an opportunity with coming up with their own style of fangs, you know. Or even showing the traditional fangs would have been awesome. Yeah, yeah, and uh, because they made these vampires look like uh, the movie Martin, yeah, done by George Romero. Uh huh. Did not have fangs. He used razor blades. Yeah, and that was the only way he was able to do the bloodletting. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where they went with this one and yeah i don't know how effective it was personally yeah i'm not not a big fan of that myself but it, and and i get it not everything's going to be the same and we don't want everything to be the same but um like i said i i i maybe watched bits and pieces of this movie as you had it on or someone else had it on but i never paid attention to it until today <laughs> but that that's where i th- i think they missed it i think they missed um the, and another huge missed opportunity is there's no fight scene between these guys. Yeah, it was they were running at each other with vehicles. Yeah, yeah. There was no fight scene. Um, now, the one between Caleb and Severin, that could have been epic. The one between uh, Caleb and Jesse could have been another epic fight. Yeah, and there was nothing. And then he... Jesse just kind of gave up when they were driving down the highway. He exposed his hand, held his wife's hand, and let it, let their hand burn. Then they caught on fire. Mm-hmm. The car caught on fire. Then it exploded. They just kind of veered off the road. and the It was a very anticlimactic ending for me. Yeah, I felt the same way. So that's where I'm at. You got anything else about the movie? No, no. Like I said, I, I just feel like those, those are three big missed opportunities. Those know? are kind of... Almost, they have to be in every vampire movie. You gotta have fangs. Mm-hmm. You gotta have a lot of bloodletting, mm-hmm. and you gotta have. At some point, you gotta have a creature. Yeah, and then I want to see that transformation because even the Lost Boys, they what the Lost Boys did was so perfect. Was they didn't go overboard? They kind of took a little bit from Dracula, and they took a little bit of makeup style from a werewolf changing, but it just changed their forehead. A little bit, but not a lot. And their cheekbones. The cheekbones. But, like, if you look at Alex Winter, when they're about to kill the surf Nazis and he looks over, all that changed on Alex Winter is his vampire fangs come out and his vampire eyes. And then he smiles and sticks his tongue out and they get the fuck on. Oh, yeah. And then um, and then you see Dwayne, the fucking... The wi- wild one. Yeah, yeah. And he's fucking got the winger hair. <laughs> and... um. <laughs> Kip Winger here, dude. Yeah, and he like his his facial structure didn't really change. Um, and I enjoyed that, but like I said, see, that's just another missed opportunity for this movie. Yeah, and they they really missed the mark on a lot of stuff, which, in my opinion, really kind of bogged the movie down because there was another thing that bothered me about this movie is how much fucking dirt was involved. Everybody always looked fucking filthy. Yeah, yeah, they looked filthy. Um, the movie was slow. Um, the pace was all messed up. And that's, that's an editing issue there. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, and I'm with you. I'm totally with you on that. Um, but I'm with, it just looks like, 
And I, I get it, man. I watch Game of Thrones and The Walking Dead, and these guys are some grimy motherfuckers. I'm like, damn, they probably stink like a motherfucker, oh, man. Yeah. But then it's just like, they look dirty as fuck. Yeah, and even when they were not being burned by the sun, they yeah, looked yeah. fucking filthy. Yeah, yeah. Everything was covered in dust. Yeah. They were covered in dust. It was... Um, the only one that wasn't was May. Yeah. And she was the good-looking one. Yeah, yeah. It was just, like I said, there was just a lot of missed opportunities. But There was another thing that kind of disturbed me about this movie was the perversion of Homer. Yeah. I mean, Homer was supposed to be this guy who was probably 100 years old. But... And he was chasing this little six-year-old. Yeah. And and, and then... You, he was so in love with her that he killed himself. Mm-hmm. Well, and then what made me think right there was Arrested Development because he was probably 10 years old, supposed to be, right? So even though he, I mean, and, and what also is weird too was he was smoking and drinking, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? It was fucking weird as fuck, but I get it. He's hundred, probably minimum 100 years old. Yeah, we're just guessing on that yeah, part. Yeah, yeah. And then um, and the kind of, like, I never watched the Twilight movies, but... Edward <laughs> he Cull- did miss shit. Edward Cullen was in fucking high school, quote unquote. It's like, dude, how fucking old are you, man? One fifty. Yeah, <laughs> and you're you're fucking chasing trim. That's sixteen years old, you know. Albeit she was pretty. Yeah, that don't make it right though. Um, <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> but anyway, so it was just fucking weird, man. And I get it, but the way that they approached it on the Lost Boys was Lanny. Never got his first kill, so he was never fully a vampire. Neither did Jamie. Uh, uh, Star. Star, yes. <coughs> or Michael, so you got three, so that's how they did that. But like I said, there's just a lot of missed opportunities in this movie, I feel. There was a lot of uh, plot holes, too. Yeah. I mean, there was just a lot of things that they really... They could have elaborated on, and they just fell short. Yeah. And yep. that was... Kind of all through the movie. Yeah. They didn't really tell where the vampires came from. No origin, which sometimes you don't need an origin. Like, we didn't really get one with the Lost Boys. We just, at the end of that movie, we found out it was Max who turned these boys because mm-hmm. he wanted a family because he himself had been alive for so long. Even just kind of a little backstory. And Anything. We, and we only kind of got that briefly when they asked him how old he is. Yeah, and he said, I'm over 150 years old. Yeah, yeah. and that, that was it. That was... I think we actually picked that up because he said he he fought for the West or something. No, he's like he's like, how old are you? And then he's like, put it this way, I fought for the South and we lost. And then everybody starts laughing. But it's just like it's just there's just only way I could say it is just there's just too many missed opportunities for this movie. And that, yeah, and that, it, like I said, you know, it really bogged the movie down. Yeah. So, anyways, go ahead. Well. I don't really have a whole lot more for this movie. Yeah, me either. But uh, for me, this is a crazy vampire movie with a lot of blood, a lot of violence, a lot of chaos, and a shitload of dirt. Mm -hmm. This is not one of my favorite vampire movies. Not mine either. However, I will rate this movie Near Dark 1987 at a solid three chainsaws out of five. I am going with one chainsaw. All right. Yeah. I respect that. Yeah. That's just one chainsaw for me. (laughs) I can dig it. Yeah. So check it out. Send Adam your thoughts, man. Yeah. Hit me up on Twitter. That's BigBaloo77. 
But that's all we've got for you tonight, folks. Thank you for having me on. Thanks for watching this movie. Thanks for being on, brother. Alrighty. I want to give a big shout out to all of my friends and my loyal listeners from all over Alaska, Washington, and all the way down to Arizona. Thank you all for listening, and keep tuning in. You all know who you are. Party on. Everybody stay safe out there, wherever you are. This is Horror After Hours, signing off. Good night, everyone. Hello, this is the Naughty Guy, Adam J. Keep listening to Horror After Hours with the Naughty Guy. As my friends and I, we discuss some of our favorite movies and some of our favorite novels. Bear Crossing, Bed and Breakfast. We have a beautiful view which overlooks downtown Ketchikan. You can find us on the Airbnb app or on Facebook. You can contact us through either of these apps for any information. Skyler's Table offers cafeteria-style dining, fresh soups and salads, and paninis. And all of his meats are roasted fresh daily. If you're looking for great food, great prices, and even better company, come to Skyler's Table, a place for, visit- for visitors. Uh, podcast Swatting Flies Telling Lies. If you like a fun, crazy podcast with loads of information that you didn't know you need, give this one a listen. Bruce's show is always a lot of fun. You never know what he's going to say next, and I'm always tuning in to find out. Next, I got Lazy Mountain Brewing Company, located in Palmer, Alaska, owned by Neil and Sarah Gotchel. They're providing quality craft beers with crisp, clean flavor. Look for crazy, or, I'm sorry, look for Lazy Mountain Brewing Company on Facebook. You will also find their beers all around the Anchorage area. They're just good, honest beers. That's again, Lazy Mountain Brewing Company. Also look for my friend Danny's podcast. That's Hinterlands Media, where he discusses current topics and conspiracies. And also look for his new podcast called Hinterland Storytime. This should be a lot of fun. This is where he discusses his favorite fantasy, sci-fi novels, movies, and games. This really should be a lot of fun. Danny's a lot of fun, so give both his shows a listen. I know I will. And finally, The Naughty Guy. I finally have a Facebook page. Check it out. Give me a like and a follow to see all of my latest network. You can find my knotwork in a few of the local stores around Ketchikan. You look for Maiden Voyage, Scanlon Gallery, and also the, the Alaska Outpost. Tell them the naughty guy sent you. Thanks a lot, folks. Keep listening.